Ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again for another episode of Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, joined by my friend and yours, Mr. Lex Friedman. Man, when you said I am Dave Wiskus that time, it was like really declaratory. I am Dave Wiskus. Hear me podcast. I liked it. Well, I'm finally convinced. <laughs> There's no more question. <laughs> and, and joining us today is uh, an expert podcaster. He's going to teach us how this is done. Mr. Merlin Mann. <laughs> Good morning, man. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, are you kidding me? Fantastically well. It's, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor to have you here. It is. I, uh, I, I worry that we're already off on the wrong foot, though, because you said good morning, gentlemen. And where I am, it's the afternoon. Where the listener is in time and space, I have no idea. So I feel like there's already a tremendous amount of confusion out there. Well, it's morning for me. Are you me. advocating for some kind of like a swatch time? I should say a good GMT. Yes. On the morrow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like to greet people with the appropriate time of day. I think it shows that I'm aware of what time it is, which I'm not always aware of, as you know. It's appropriate for you, also appropriate for me. That's two out of three. If this is a democracy, if we're voting on whether or not it's morning, it is morning. All right. Well, good morning to you as well, then. Good morning. Thank you. Well, that that got weird quick. I think it's a shame that morning and morning are homophones. Yeah. Yeah, I stay up at night sometimes worrying about that. Do you say them differently? No, I say them the same. I'm in mourning. I pronounce I pronounce so many words the same that are supposed to sound different. I think it's from maybe being from Ohio or not being particularly smart, but like Dawn and Dawn and Dawn and Dawn, they just all sound the same to me. There's no every word that sounds like Dawn sounds like Dawn to me. I was and, then, and then well, okay, I say them this differently. Is where I start to feel crazy. I say did you say Dawn? I s- and I say yeah, Dawn, like the like when the sun comes up. No, you mean like the girl? Yeah, Dawn. No, no, no. You don't say Dawn. You say Dawn. Like that sounds exactly the same. I don't hear any difference at all. I hear a little bit I of W. Pl- that's about it. Right. On, you do? On, D- on the, I say the morning and the name the same way. Dawn. I have more of a, a Jersey awe in there. Dawn. But like if I'm donning something if I'm, or if I know a guy named Donald Duck and I call him Don for short, it's a little bit different. Dawn versus Don. <laughs> when would you be donning something? When would you ever declare that you're donning something? Uh, I don a mask on Halloween, I would say. And then you doff it. I do. You don and doff. <laughs> it never occurred to me until right now that that's really just on and off with a D in front of it. <laughs> that's super weird. We're solving the big problems today. Okay. You want to wrap it up? All that right. That was a great show, guys. Thanks, guys. Well done. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. <laughs> so we should, we should talk for just a second about who you are in case there's anybody out there who doesn't already know. A jerk okay. who doesn't know who you already are. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who these assholes are, but... Uh, <laughs> If they, if they aren't already aware of you, maybe we'll just clear the air real quick so that they're on the page with the rest of us. So who are okay. you? I'm Merlin Mann. I live in San Francisco, and uh, I mostly do podcasts. I do some writing stuff. I just do various things on the internet. Increasingly, I get interviewed a lot on podcasts. I'm not sure why, but uh, that's mostly what I do. And um, uh, I think I was first pseudo-well-known for 43 Folders. And I do podcasts like uh, I do or have done the 43 Folders podcast, uh, You Look Nice Today, Back to Work, Roderick on the Line, The Merlin Show, uh, various media properties. And uh, so, yeah, I'm always trying to figure out what's next. True story. The initial name for this show, we were going to call it The Merlin Show, but then we found out it had been taken. I'm so glad you checked. It was also weird because we don't have anybody named Merlin. Mm. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate that. I'll probably bring that back at some point. So it's just as well we didn't have to you know, scuffle over that. I like the name of your show. It's a good name. Thank you. It was, uh, I think we Dave went wrote like it. six or seven. <laughs> we went through six or seven different names before we landed on this. They were all terrible. Well, I mean, 
I, 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 I have thought about this very, very little, but I think when you name a podcast, you name almost anything, but for some reason, especially a podcast, because people are going to pass around the word about your podcast, um, you know, orally. Orally. <laughs> There's a great example. So, well, so you say I'm professional, like that's something somebody can go figure out in Google, and if it's unique in that no one else has that name for their podcast, you're in good shape. And then if it has more than one letter, I think it has to be uh, abbreviatable in a way that's unique. Because, you know, like uh, Accidental Tech Podcast is often referred to as ATP. Sure. Uh, we didn't realize until we already had a show that You Look Nice Today would be referred to as YLNT, Roderick on the Line, R-O-T-L. So now, like, when you come up with a – I feel like if I, have to, if I come up with a multiple word title, I have to also figure out, like, is it going to be a good abbreviation? It sounds silly, but that's what people will eventually call but it if they like it. It's funny that you say that, though, because I have concluded, perhaps wrongly, that – any abbreviation can sound good. It just has to, you have to get used to it. Like ATP, there's nothing great about that as an acronym. It's a great show. But, you know, it, it works because that's what people call it. I feel like, mm-hmm. and I feel like any combination of like, you know, QXV sounds bad now. But if somebody had the questioning Xavier Valently podcast, I think the QXV would be fine. Did you have that loaded and ready to go? Nope, but I was worried that I wasn't going to get to the Valiantly before I did. There was there was a, a brief second of panic. I'm not gonna lie, I'm impressed. I think I just had a stroke. What 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 are, what are you talking about? Is that actually a show? No, I'm just saying that any three letters that we can come up with or other because n- that's terrific. Letters. I really like that. Questioning Xavier valiantly. Yeah, that would be a good show. That, writing that down. That's good. <laughs> we we just need to find the Xavier. <laughs> I was barely tracking. Well, you could uh, Xander if you want to switch your your name up. That's true. Could be Xander. It's my show. Get off my show. <laughs> Everybody step back. That's my new show. With Lex Xander. No, that doesn't work. It would, that You could change your, your last name to Xander. That would be weird, but I could. it could happen. Now, that you, would work. You do have an incredible name, Merlin, man. Thank you. You've got a comic book name. You, you, you must be a superhero. <laughs> I'd like to think so. No, it's, a good, it's, a, it's one of those names. <clears throat> pardon me. It's one of those names that uh, I, I like it now. Uh, I didn't love it when I was a kid. It's kind of, you know, like when they're calling out roll call in the first day of second grade I, w- I really craved being a todd you know merlin dean man the third i mean it's it's not super cool well when you say it like that nothing's going to be super cool <laughs> right say questioning xavier valiantly in that voice questioning like... questioning xavier valent you know it could be an x-men podcast or somebody <laughs> just doesn't like the professor maybe challenging his authority no, I like it. It's a cool name. My uh, late father and late grandfather's name. So I don't need the third anymore. I'm not that attached to the third. But it, it is. It's funny how many people I meet, just whatever in life, assume that it's a fake name. Oh, I, I never have. And, it's the alliteration, and you don't meet a lot of Merlins. It's it's true, but I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I you know, no matter. I'm sure this is true for almost everybody that has a name that's not just completely mundane. Okay, like Lex, you probably get a lot of Superman jokes, right? I do, yeah. I meet people and they say, oh, like as in Lex Luthor. And uh, if I'm feeling particularly giving that day, I'll say, I have never thought of that before. Um, and if I'm not, I'll just I do him. too. I do, it all, I, do, I do that all the time. Or I'll just say, that's very clever. Yeah. And yeah. if he's not um, feeling very giving, he'll say it, uh, the same thing, just in a more condescending tone. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, I think we, we who have unusual names are sensitive to that. And so I would, I, would not, I would not probably make a Lex Luthor joke with you because I know how silly that is. I know that every day of my life, for as long as I can remember, 
eh, not every day, but at least a couple, three times a week, I, I get, uh, like the magician? And I go, <laughs> oh, you know what? <laughs> I, I, you, wait, 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 you mean like you know, the Arthurian legend? Oh. Huh. Where, where, where's, where's your magic wand? <laughs> <laughs> huh? That's good. Now, in the I hadn't thought of in the eighties, I, I would also get you. Lex Luger, the uh, professional wrestler. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Huh. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it, that, that, that's my name. Um. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a pretty cool name. It's a nice name to have as a grown up. But I really did crave a Todd or a Jason. You know, when I when I was younger. Um, cause it's, you know, there's a time in life when you just kind of want to disappear into the background and, and that's difficult to do with a silly name. How much pressure do you feel, uh, as the third that, you know, you should continue the, the line of, uh, young men named Merlin? Zero. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Why would you? Well, I can understand that. I mean, it's sort of like, it's an, like an heirloom in some ways or something that gets passed along to you. You wouldn't want somebody to hand you the family's Fabergé egg and you just, you know, toss it out of a stadium or something. But what is the expectation but, to have like Merlin Man the 17th someday? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I think it's, I think have, giving somebody, hmm, how can I put this? I don't know. This is kind of controversial. I shouldn't say anything. But, you know, I, I, I think you have to be careful not to make it all about you when you give anything a name, whether that's, you know, a dog or a cat or especially a kid, you know, I have met, I have, I, forgive me if this is the name of your beloved child. I have met children <laughs> named Jennifer. Nope. Not my yeah. child. Thank goodness. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that means a lot. That's, that's their, that's their beautiful, precious angel. I, I can understand that. But like the child's name is spelled Jennifer and pronounced Jennifer. And that's a real thing. I mean, this happens. And now today you get, you know, Anastasia helicopter or whatever. You come up with all these wackadoodle names for kids. And, you know, I understand you want something that's unique or unusual. My daughter has two Rihannas in her elementary school class. Wow. By the way, Anastasia helicopter, also a great name for a podcast. <laughs> it sounds like I got in my voice a song. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I just feel like, you know, whatever, my daughter's name isn't like the greatest in the world or anything, but it's, I want to do something that can like stand up. My, my original, my original uh, suggestion for my daughter's name, it was a very close second in the running was Elizabeth. Because to me, like Elizabeth is like a Lego kit of names. <laughs> there, there's probably at least a dozen cool names you can get out of Elizabeth. It's right? also four syllables, and any four-syllable name is probably going to be okay. It scans nicely, Elizabeth Man. But you could be, you could be Beth. Um, uh, you could be uh, Peggy. I, Peggy is a, is a common, believe it or not, for, for Elizabeth. But you know why it got nixed? Because uh, I think my wife had a bully named Liz. Yeah. So, mm, mm, yeah, that'll do it. Don't, don't love that name. We, um, we definitely had unlimited veto power when we were coming up with names for our kids. So you could say no to anything um, on both parties. But we did finally agree. And I think that we're somewhere in between with some of our names. Like they are, um, I don't think they're Jennifer level, but they are at least unusual names. Uh, so I have Anya Haley, uh, Sierra Claire, which I liked because of the internal rhyme. And then uh, my son is Liam Brandeis Friedman. I want him to you be named president him after one your day. School? Uh, named him after four things. Named him after the school where we met. Uh, the actual chief justice of the United States Supreme Court, Louis Brandeis. Uh, oh, just three things. And um, Lauren's Aunt Barbara, who had died a few days before he was born. And Barbara starts with a B, as does Brandeis. That's a bit of a stretch, sir. <laughs> are you are you are you gonna Dave? Are you suggesting a recall election? I'm, I'm no. All I'm saying is I think Lex is just like one third full of shit in that story. Oh, it's a totally <laughs> legit story. Totally legit. 
Well, the funny part is, like, we, we, we know the reasons why we come up with these squirrely names. Like, my daughter's middle name is an author that I like a lot. And that's, that's totally self-involved on my part. Um, Seuss. But that's okay. Hunter, you get to Hunter, name your Hunter kid. S. Thompson. Her, her middle name is Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, the thing is, they got to live with that forever. They're going to have to go, go forward into, into a world where, you know, I, I, you might remember, I don't know if you guys are old enough, but when The Simpsons came out, there were stories about, like, these these poor little kids whose names happen like a little kid whose name happened to be Bart Simpson. You cannot, you know, you can't inoculate your kid. You can't future proof their name. Right. But you know, I think you you can at least give them some because it's their name. It's not yours. I mean, if you want to, like, I have a whole we have a whole notes file that we're constantly adding to on my phone of of good names for pets if we ever get a pet. So I mean, like, that's to me that's okay. Pets can have silly names. They don't have to have jobs and go to college yet. But but uh, yeah. Anyway, this is nice. if we do have a, a fourth kid, though, <laughs> we're thinking of Dolores University of Maryland College Park Friedman. <laughs> we call her Parky. <laughs> I'm stuck on the, how awful a name Dolores is. Well, out of all of that, that's what I'm hanging up on. Dolores. <laughs> Because <laughs> it means sad, right? It it seems like it should. Yes, I think it means sad. Dolores. I, I think that's is pronounced, that, is that, that's wait, pronounced Dolores. On. I think. Well, I mean, it's a cognate, right? Okay, sure. I don't know words You're words that you think are pronounced the same. I guess is where we're getting back to. Oh, man, you guys make it hard on a fella. What's um, what we do? I I also like I like the ones where where like somebody's just found out like they've gotten through the first trimester and they go. Um, Oh, it's going to be a boy, and we're going to name him Sh- Seamus Regan O. Blue Plate Special. We're going to call him Gus. And like they already know the kid's nickname. It's like that's, that seems like a first kid kind of thing, to already know what your kid's nickname is going to be before they're born. Don't you think? Well, actually, yeah. I, I am one of those kids, because I was named after an Alexander, but my parents didn't like the name Alex, and so they, they announced ahead of time that I was going to be named Alexander, but called Lex. Ooh, so I, I am that stuck. guy. Is it wrong to have a name picked out at all beforehand, or is that just smart planning? I think in Judaism, that's considered bad luck. I'm not a scholar, but I, but I, I think isn't uh, – I mean, do you guys know anything about that? I think, I think you can't name them before I think there are several superstitions. Yeah, you're not supposed to name them before they actually come out. You can I'm know sure what Mr. Friedman knows more about that than I do. <laughs> well, you can you – can, I didn't want to say anything. I think you can have the name, and I think you're allowed to know it. You're just not allowed to share it. You don't want the angel of death to know about the name too early. You can't name in the uh, Ashkenazi tradition. Can't have, can't it can't, have, it can't have vowels. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be – That's right. <laughs> this is my yeah, son. At least one apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay. How as long as we're uh, touching the third rail, uh, how do you feel about diminutives as a proper name? Like, how do you feel about like I think one there, there's acceptable ones that are, are in the parlance, like John. It, you know, it used to be you'd never meet a John, you'd meet a Jonathan a lot of times or something like that. Or like what? Okay, what about Pete? Like, would you ever name a kid Pete as their proper name? Or if my because proper somebody, name were Dave, not David. Precisely. Would you do that? If it's good enough for Jimmy Carter, it's good enough for my family, I think. Is that his real name? Jimmy? I think his real name's James. No, I believe that Jimmy is truly Jimmy. Oh, my goodness. That's weird. I'd like to. Look at at what that man overcame. Let's go to the judges. Am I right about that, that, judges? Well, you looked that up. Wasn't it uh, uh, Freakonomics or somebody did that thing about whether or not your name impacts your ability to be successful in life? That sounds like Freakonomics. Yeah, and it really came down to they, they weren't 100% sure if it was the perception of the name or if it was like a class issue or if it was the person's internal internalization of, of what their name was. But if you have a name that's like 
super crazy ethnic, it's probably going to affect things in ways that you, you might expect but might not hope for. So if you also if you have a diminutive name, that might also impact things. I would assume. Or if your name if your name is like Jeeves or La Chantelle Brontosaurus or something, <laughs> if it's something that's like too specific, like Jeeves, that's going to be tough. You're not going to meet a CEO named Jeeves. Right. Uh, so it turns out, by the way, I'm a big liar. His full name was James turns- Earl Jimmy Carter. James. <laughs> turns Earl. out. Yeah, I gave you a turns out. Is that okay? <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you know about 9,999 more hours and you'll be an expert. <laughs> Just like the Beatles. Yeah. Fucking James. Um Carter. so anyway, names are names are funny, but you know, it is something we thought about a lot and it's one of those things where you start thinking about it too much and your your brain gets a little scrambled. Do you know what I mean? It, it I think it's nice to have a little bit of time away from it. And then I mean like I I would never name a pet before I like hung out with the pet for a while. Okay, now this this may be another Jewish thing. Now aren't you don't you do you have to name a kid in a certain amount of time? Isn't that a thing? I believe that uh, with boys you're not supposed to name them until their their bris, their ritual circumcision on day eight. And I, I think that when you do that, when you do that covenant something, you have to name them at that time. But I'm After really you like, mutilate your children, then you're allowed to name them. Right. I, Easy text. I, uh, <laughs> I, I used to be a really good uh, go-to expert source on all things Jewish, which is another good podcast. Uh, but I, uh, I no longer... <laughs> I no longer feel like I can actually vouch. So I could be wrong. I mean, I could be about as accurate as it was about Jimmy Carter's name being Jimmy on this. But that's what he went by. It is. I mean, he he ran as Jimmy Carter. I can see both schools of thought on this. On the one hand, you don't want to name a kid or a pet until you've met them. But on the other hand, sometimes you just you have a good name in your head and, and that's what you want to go with. Yeah, I'm, I'm a guy who names kids ahead of time because I feel like most babies look the same when they come out to a large degree. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're if everybody named their baby after they were born based on their first impression of the baby, like, oh, this is my kid, mushy pink thing. Um, right. I, I guess that was... Burden. Uh, that's kind of racially racist. insensitive. But a little bit ping pong. Yeah, this is my new baby burden. I, I, knew, um, I knew a woman who's, who was friends with this family and apparently they did, she didn't find this out until like junior high or high school, but that, that her mom had named, Oh my Christ had named all of the kids based on her feeling at the time of conception. Ew. Amazing. Yeah. So she awesome. Had a, she had a, rat, drunk. No ravage. <laughs> she had a daughter named Ravage. Really? <laughs> I think the seventh one was like resignation. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> this is my son's sore uh, TBD uh, yeah it's complicated for sure <laughs> so you guys want to talk about work itchy we it, can't mm, talk about work hmm. but I'll tell you what we can talk about oh god you got something you want to tell me about yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about what we can tell you about way to call him on it and it's the uh, it's our episode's first sponsor hmm. who is it uh, that's a great question, and I'm glad I told you to ask me that. The first sponsor for this episode is Smile Software. You know those guys, don't you? I know Smile Software. Big fan. Big fan. And you know what we're talking about? It's not just Smile Software at large. We're specifically talking about uh, Text Expander. You know and love Text Expander, do you not? Dave Whiskey. We all know. We all know and love Text Expander. Are you drawing me in? I would be happy to be drawn in. I don't want to get Oh, no, no. You don't have to. No, text- feel free. You're, you're, you're you welcome to, but it's don't feel you. pressured. I uh, I don't know what I would do without Text Expander. Uh, it's it's such a huge piece of how I think. You know, when you use a Mac or you really use anything, but it, especially a computer for a long time, you get a lot of muscle memory. And there's so much stuff, uh, muscle memory in my fingers for certain things that 
I immediately notice if I'm using something that doesn't have text expander and I feel like a crazy person. Yes. It's it's um it's it's a must have app. I was using my Doing, uh, um Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I was using my wife's laptop recently. She did not have text expander with my, you know, text expansion set in, and I couldn't type anything. It was like I was incompetent because uh, I use it just all day. I, you know what? Usually when we do this, Dave, we check and see how much time we've saved with text expander. So I'm gonna look mine up. Okay. Well, while you're oh. doing that, I'll point out uh, again that doing doing tech support for Vesper, I end up typing the same stuff a lot. So to mm-hmm. not have to do that, now the, the stuff that I type a lot is like semicolon and then a single word and it populates the rest for me. And I'll go and I'll add color and make sure it's personalized. But to not have to type all of the same stuff over and over again, huge time saver for me. Totally. I think I've saved, uh, let me look, yeah, 800 years. 800 <laughs> years I've saved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, where do you guys look at that? I'm in the uh, preferences. Also, there's a, a statistics button when you open up the text yeah, expander window. And then it'll be about. Yeah. So like there's text expanders main window, not the actual preferences, but just like the, the text expander. The first thing you get when you choose to open text expander. Oh, yeah. Statistics. And there's a little statistics button. You can choose your approximate typing speed and it'll tell you how many characters you saved. I use it not just for like common emails like Dave's talking about, but, you know, if I type, uh, you know, TMR, I'll get the mid roll. And if I type LMK, I get let me know property capitalized depending on how I capitalize my expansion. But if I uh, do LYK, it's I'll let you know. Perfect. It's like every <laughs> I say 12 things all day long in email. So having them all at my immediate typing expanded style disposal is pretty great. Is this why you always seem so short and pissy when we're talking online? Uh, all I'm L- kidding. I'm kidding. All L-Y-K. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Zing. is uh, character save. This is just on my my second Mac that I don't use as much as my other Mac, but uh, 252,000 characters Holy saved. shit. It's a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm at For me, it's lots of really just little short things like email addresses. I mean, the time that I – or I don't even care about the time. Who cares? The uh, frustration and – you know, it's it's really it's really frustrating once you get a little good at becoming efficient with with computers and stuff like that. You start to really notice things that don't have to be as hard as they are. You know, we don't we don't, we don't go out and make our own flower at home like that. Like it would really suck to have to do that. And in this instance, that's where I notice it is. You know, typing EMG and having that EMG space. Sorry, Dr. Dre, uh, turns it into um, my email address. I, apparently, I do my expansions wrong, but uh, so many things like that. My address, my POB, boop, turns into my post office box. Just all this. It's not even necessarily all that interesting stuff. I don't do more than like half a dozen like serious full on fill in forms. I use that right. to to get uh, this American Life the week before it comes out. <laughs> Ask me about that. I got a great text expander for that. But there's lots of things where I, it really is, it's not a matter of how many characters. It's a matter of how many times I use it. You know, the however many, 20, 20, 25 characters of my email address, uh, not having to type that is just huge for me. I like not having the opportunity to fuck it up, especially (laughs) an email address, because there's a good chance I might fuck that up. I also, and what's funny is they turned this into an actual talking point for the latest version of Text Expander, although I was doing it even before it was built in, but I use it for uh, my emoji expansion. So Dave has wondered in the past how I always have that smiling pile of poo ready to go or the thumbs up sign, but it's because I use Text Expander for it. If I type poo poo, boom, there's my smiling pile of poo. And if I type thumbs up with no space, there's my thumb. So it's just, they're ready. They're ready and waiting for me. Lex is a problem solver. I'm all alone on that. All right. Well, so here's where you got to learn more. 
You go to <laughs> smilesoftware.com slash unpro. You don't even have to type out the professional. Now, if you're like me and you type unpro, you get the professional automatically thanks to Text Expander. So in this one case, if you already have Text Expander and just want to look again, uh, Text Expander is making your life more difficult. But otherwise, go to smilesoftware.com slash unpro and uh, learn all about Text Expander. They have a video there from our old friend David Sparks worth checking out. So you should do that. And hey, here's my kids walking into the room. Hi, Liam. How are you? <laughs> That's, you know what, text, what Smile should do for that URL? If you type in smilesoftware.com slash unpro, it should automatically expand to unprofessional. That would be pretty clever branding. Are you listening, Smile Software? They do, actually. So. They do listen to the show. Oh, good. We love them. They're just great people. They are. Even if you don't own a Mac, go buy their software. In this one case, I, I, I was mentioning to you both before we started today that my, uh, my Mac is having trouble. It's really my Logitech rf non-bluetooth keyboard that's having trouble if i literally typed smilesoftware.com slash unprofessional i ended up with unprofessional so i don't know what's wrong with it but uh that's that's not text expander at work just to be clear that was not text expander's fault what are you getting all over your keyboard yeah i have no idea yeah that's hot i'm gonna have to find a replacement keyboard so now if any keyboard companies want to sponsor the show, you know where to find me. <laughs> Logitech K760. Yeah, that's I love that keyboard. Actually, that's a fine keyboard. It's a great keyboard. <laughs> Podcast gold, gentlemen. I feel I feel awkward about all of this. You do a ton of podcasting, Merlin, as you may know, and I, I, I imagine it varies show to show. But do you feel like I've got to prep, or I've got to mentally prep? You know, just get my head in the game. Do you get nervous before you hit record, or is it just like you start and it's as easy as any other conversation, and you don't even give it an extra thought? Hmm. Um. I guess it. it I mean, in general, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I don't want you to notice that I've prepared, but I I try to. I don't do that always. Like if I'm a guest on somebody's show, I don't usually do an exhaustive amount of research. I like to know stuff like you know. Now I know being on Brett Terpster's show that I need to have three. Um, you know, pick of the week type things ready, which I always love. And for me, that's no problem at all. No, but like for back to work, I mean, I, I don't want to reveal the man behind the curtain, but t- to do that incredibly asinine show that uh, makes literally no sense. I actually do a pretty, mm, perhaps surprising amount of prep. There's a lot to, there's a lot with back to work. There's a lot that I do before and after that nobody would ever notice. Um, things like making sure that you know we got the sponsors ready that I know what the the coupon code is but also stuff like you know thinking th- thinking about things with topics putting in what I'll do is I'll do silly stuff in that instance like go through my last week of stuff on my Tumblr and see is there anything there cuz that's usually the the first place that when I'm interested in something that's usually the first place you can see is Twitter or Tumblr and so like I'll see like if there's a comic I've been thinking about I want to jog my memory about that I'll put that in notes and things like that. And then afterward, we I, I won't say I do exhaustive show notes, but I try to do pretty good show notes for back to work. And that actually takes more time than it seems like each week. No, but by and large, I mean, um, completely spacing out on even having to record a show because I'm deathly sick is very unusual. I'm usually pretty well prepared. I'm usually there on time um, and all together. And as far as being nervous, uh, not really. I, uh, I try to just, you know, be in the room with the people. Yeah. Try and... Uh, well, you know what I mean. I mean, just like I don't want to be too worked up or have an agenda. I think some of the ways podcasts go tits up are when people try too hard to like have an outline or a topic and it becomes this anxious 
effort where all people can hear is the concern that you're going off topic. Right. It's like, who cares? People are listening because they like the people on the show. If you're worried about that, then you shouldn't have a podcast. You should have an outline you put out. Right. We used to, in the, in the early days of this show, we used to try to have an outline or some kind of theme that we'd put together for the show. And we just found that that didn't make for very good episodes. The best episodes were the ones where we just kind of let shit fly. It can be good. I just feel, I mean, I, for myself, I, I, I like, is that old line that's been credited to Eisenhower about how um, Jimmy Eisenhower? <laughs> yes. Yes. President, President, Admiral, General, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy James, Jojo, Eisenhower. James Earl Eisenhower? <laughs> Dwight, Mamie. Um, where he said something along the lines of, uh, the plan is nothing but planning is everything. Which, you know, sounds like one of those squirrely, you know, fake Zen things, but it's true. Um, that sounds like something Rands would tweet. <laughs> Here's a picture of some telephone wires. Um, the uh, the um, the thing the thing is when you're when you're the process of planning uh, and this is this we could go into a real um, wormhole here, but I, I'm very interested in the whole idea of, of the process of planning because I, I kind of like the idea of throwing out the plan that I come up with, but I love the idea of having plans enough that I know what plan to throw out. Planning means preparing, thinking ahead, walking through just stuff as stupid and mundane as like. When I get to the grocery store, I'm going to be thinking about being in a grocery store. I'm not going to be thinking about being at my house. So, like, while I'm at my house, why don't I go look in the refrigerator and see what's here? I may not want to buy everything that I need or want, but if I know what those things are, then I can be a grown-up and throw out the stuff that I do or don't want. And I will have thought through enough stuff that, you know, when I think about doing a show with you guys, I'll think a little bit about stuff I know about what you all do. But I I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is that the planning part is in in everything you do – it's in order to look like you don't have to have a plan that you're following, uh, it helps to have planned a little bit. And so the problem is when you get so married to the roadmap or to the outline that you start hewing to that more closely than what the other folks are thinking and doing. I go a slightly different direction. So like my personal slogan, I guess, would be I don't make plans, I make decisions. But that doesn't mean I haven't thought through anything. I try to think things through ahead of time. But I would describe that more as uh, evaluating options. Mm-hmm. But until I'm in that moment, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. Talking about professional or just just in general, like your ethos for thinking about stuff? Uh, Like life, life in Mm -hmm. general. When I travel, sometimes I'll buy a one-way ticket and then I'll decide once I'm there when I want to come home. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's really admirable. It's uh, People, thank you. Mostly people will will freak out when I say that because it sounds stressful. In truth, it's less stressful because I don't have to adhere to any plan. I get to kind of do what I want. And it doesn't cost any more money. When you buy a last-second ticket, it's usually about the same as if you planned ahead. My personal slogan is Lex Friedman, the other, other white meat. It doesn't really apply, but I just thought I could mention it. White meat and your pink babies. Is there like, are you on some kind of like racial thing today? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I, uh, but I'll tell you, Dave, since you asked, um, I, uh, I do like to have a plan, not necessarily so that I can know the plan I'm abandoning, as, as Merlin put it, but more... Uh, I'm very happy to wing it, whatever it is, but I like the safety blanket of saying, well, if, if all else fails, I can just go back to this script that I have ready to go. That's my thing. Well, I, 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 um, yeah, yeah. So I, I should be clear. I'm not saying that you, that I would deliberately go into anything saying I'm going to definitely make a plan that I throw out, <laughs> but I just think sometimes, sometimes we need a little bit of, 
uh, at least for myself, I, I, I benefit from having just a tiny bit of structure. And my favorite structures are the ones that I put in place, not that others put in place. And so that structure might be something that ends up taking me to Wikipedia. And, and again, it's hard to say because it depends on what kind of what kind of show it is or like what you're doing. But you know, even if you were going to make a decision, Dave, to go and travel somewhere, uh, you probably wouldn't spin a wheel. You may spin a wheel to pick what city and continent that is. But then you might also have to think about stuff like how will you do support for Vesper, you know, while you're there and things like that. But you, but I mean, there's some like you you can make that decision because. Uh, because you've already taken in a lot of data and being able to to process that. I just think, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we keep our eye on the wrong ball, you know, with, with trying to get, it's an ongoing theme for me to think a lot about stuff like, well, like, okay, I'm feeling anxious about this, but then all the stuff that I might do to try and squash that anxiety might actually be stuff that's just making me more anxious. It's not making me less anxious to plan. It's giving me more things to worry about. And instead, I like the idea of being able to say, like, well, I know if I do this, if I do something with this person long enough, I'll say, well, I'll have the presence of mind to go, hmm, maybe I should just go check in. Like, what's the last email I got from them? What's the last time that we hung out? Oh my gosh, that person's probably, their, their baby's like, you know, way to be born right now. That's something I wouldn't have thought of if I hadn't thought to go look it up. And that just, even if you don't make a decision about what you're going to do about it, that's all just little bits of data that are around in case you need them. Yeah. And I think that kind of stuff is handy in, in life. And if nothing else is discoverability, even if I just end up going and looking at Wikipedia for 20 minutes, I probably learned something I didn't know before just sitting there and being nervous. And I think this is where we completely line up here is that I like having all that information. I like having the knowledge. I just, I, I tend to not act on it until the last possible second. Like if I'm at a restaurant with a group of people, the waiter or waitress comes by and, and will ask if everybody's ready to order. And if, if the question is asked to me, it's no, but I will be by the time they've ordered. It's because I won't make a decision until like I have to say something out loud. What if somebody else wants to be like, right? What if, what if they want you to order first? Then we're screwed. I see. This is not going to work out. I, um, I can't eat with that person ever again. You're, you're a genre friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, so you know what I really though what I was thinking you you answered very you know thoroughly and part of my question but the other piece of this question which you already said no is you know do you get nervous before you podcast and I definitely don't get nervous when we do the show even when we do the show live I don't really get nervous um because the, I don't know this show specifically feels um the, it's so casual. It feel, right. It feels easy in the sense that, you know, the, the only pressure I ever feel is like, well, we want to try to be a little bit funny and entertaining. And are we going to find funny slash entertaining things to talk about? But we either will or won't. And whether I'm nervous about it or not, it doesn't affect anything. So I think I, I think that mm-hmm. might be Zen, that approach. But I find that there are, there are far fewer things that I get nervous about than I used to. Like I, I was, I gave a little speech a couple days ago. Didn't get nervous before that. That was a speech written ahead of time. But, you know, it was written. So it was either going to go over well or it wasn't. But again, Is this all for I your award, it, Lex? You won an award? I did win an award. Oh, God. I did. I'm blushing. That's exciting. Humble brag. Thank you. I did. Yeah, the, the award that I won was totally, in my mind, ridiculous. Only by virtue of its name, it makes me sound like a much better person than I genuinely believe myself to be. So that's not humble bragging; that's humble truth telling. <laughs> um, but I was, I was the, I was the uh, humble bitching. Yeah, I was the volunteer of the decade, which to me is like a hilarious title. Which decade? Uh, the most recent the, one, the past, and not even a, a named decade as much as the past 10 years. So volunteer of the past 10 years. The, the previous year. 10 contiguous years. Yeah, that's the one. Wow. And they, they give this award out 
every 10 years? Well, no, they give it out every year for the previous 10 years. <laughs> That's fucked up. It's like the world's end. You know, you can have an anniversary, uh, you know, anytime you want. I, I actually encouraged everybody to, I, my, my acceptance speech was basically pointing out that uh, all the things that I have fucked up over the past 10 years for this nonprofit organization that says I'm the volunteer of the decade. I said, look at all the things that I didn't do well, and I'm the volunteer of the decade, so the competition is wide open to beat me didn't next time. Cure cancer. <laughs> well, that's not my job. That's their job. I think that's a thin excuse. Actually, I'll tell you what. They don't, this is an organization that's not trying to cure cancer. They're just trying to help you once you've already survived. So there. The SAM Fund. Check them out. The oh, SAMFund.org. Cool. It's for young adult survivors of cancer to help them move forward once they've been financially and also time-wise overburdened by their cancer battle. That sounds like a great career. <laughs> What's funny is my daughter, when she was raising money for because my grandmother and my nephew are both battling cancer, she said, well, Dad, we can't give it to the SAM Fund because that's for young adults and, and Grandma is not young, so we can't give the money to the SAM Fund. So we didn't. Her choice. <laughs> um, when, when, I was, when you started talking about um, what you do get nervous about or being nervous or not nervous, I, I was thinking about uh, where I have been nervous to do something. But then I started thinking about, like, think about being, is it Kathleen Sebelius? Like, who's the woman who's had to go yeah, and, like, yeah. get grilled about the... Uh, the healthcare, healthcare website. Gov. Healthcare website. That's, see, now, now that's the kind of thing where I don't know how people do that. Like, we watch Homeland, <laughs> and um, I really like Homeland. And I think about, like, having to go and, like, speak before the Senate or something like that. And I don't know how people do that. I don't know how people go and, and, and go on, like, three or four Sunday morning talk shows. Like the idea of that is so harrowing to me because it's kind of like NASCAR or something. Like you're just going to be evaluated on like whether you crashed or not. <laughs> and the idea of like having to spend an entire day wearing pants and sitting in a room full of white men and answering questions is so scary to me. That's, that's the people that I really admire in some ways. I, it seems like you would almost have to be a psychopath to be able to get through a day like that. I would describe it as having your performance review in front of a, a, an audience. A national audience, strangers. Yeah. I'm with you. I would strangers, strangers who are predisposed toward not either. No, yeah, let's be honest, toward not liking right. you. Strangers who are tuning in to watch you get. This is your Shirley Jackson lottery moment, right? <laughs> People who are like tuning in to watch you get pilloried, because we all love seeing a bad person get pilloried nowadays. It's like such a thing. Um, I, boy, I just I can't imagine like getting up in the morning and making breakfast and then having to go just do that all day. I just that that's the kind of thing that would scare the pants off of me. I'm looking up pillar, and you've just put the pants on since you were doing this, and now the pants are off again. So it's like I think the solution in your case, Merlin, is don't bother with the pants. If they're just going to get scared off you, then why bother? I could get something I could slide off under the table, maybe <laughs> maybe ask for some pipe and drape, tearaway pants. You know would what be I mean? Fine. I oh I know just tearaway trousers. <laughs> anyway, that's that's the kind of thing. Like yeah, that um, would make me nervous. I, don't, I think I mean, you're right. I don't mean to be pejorative about it, but like I, I, I would be so second thinking everything that I'm doing. But I guess you go into a career like that would be the same way as saying I don't know how you're not nervous when you do open heart surgery. Well, I guess that's part of the profession. But <laughs> I, I um, admire. I guess I don't know how people do that. Like that would make that would be so harrowing to me to go and have to like be somewhere and know that I'm facing a bunch of people 
that are going to ask me impossible questions they know they've researched they're researching questions that they know I can't answer well and then I have to still look like a smart person that's what that would be harrowing I get nervous in a similar situation even when I don't think they're necessarily out to get me I get worried like I don't know you fly internationally sometimes especially flying out of Israel is a good example they're gonna they want to ask you know did you pack your bag and has it been out of your sight or whatever and I have all the right answers I'm a good person I'm not out to blow up the plane but when people in that authority position and they're not trying to trip you up they're trying to make sure you're safe uh i get totally nervous I'm like oh my god i'm giving off vibes like i'm a terrorist they're gonna in- interrogate me for 20 hours now and i'm gonna miss my flight and stuff like i get totally sweaty and angst filled when police I officers too. Or when you totally get pulled do. over they start asking those questions and even though you know that you're answering the question honestly you're afraid that right. you sound like you're lying right. license registration yes i'm gonna kill everybody like so i'm worried i'm just gonna spit that out and i i, I hate it in those moments the truth is always gonna sound like a lie by the way i'm still stuck on the word pillory <laughs> This is, I guessed correctly at the spelling and uh, inferred from context what it meant. So we should put, okay. I'm going to put the, uh, the, the, the word. The, the it'll go in the, the show notes. In the show notes. <laughs> For other people who were not familiar with that word before the, the start of the show. It's a good word. I'm going to use this in a sentence twice today. That's my goal. Excellent. Do you have a sense of where that'll be? I, I have no idea. You know who I don't but, want to uh, pillory. Now see here. No, 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 no. See here. Just because I want my Jack in the Box burger. <laughs> <laughs> to have less than the normal amount of onion does not require that I be pilloried. Let me speak to let me pillory the manager. <laughs> Somebody, Dave's word a day program to learn a word and then use it so much that it becomes inappropriate. This rice pilaf was wonderfully pilloried. My new goal is to use it three times in the same sentence. <laughs> this is full of pillory goodness. Madam, may I pillory Please you? Please don't pillory my use of pillory as I attempt to pillory <laughs> I was like that. I was like that when I was a kid, especially because I was like a little too smart for his own good kind of kid. Mm. Uh, it wasn't always reflected in my grades, but uh, <laughs> I've said this before, but I'll never forget this one night. <laughs> this one night where I was, I loved being with grownups. You know, I always wanted to be with grownups. I didn't like being with kids. I like being, you know, I liked thinking that I was smart enough to keep up with all the grownup stuff. And I was with my mom and some other grownups and they go, um, where do you, where do you uh, where, where where should we go for uh, for dinner tonight? I said, ah, fine with me. I'm expendable because <laughs> it sounds so much. It sounds so much like flexible, and I had uh, learned it from I'd learned it from a Bugs Bunny cartoon, and I had kind of inferred from context that it meant flexible, and it doesn't. It yep. means more easily replaced than repaired. And so, therefore, I, I think we probably went to a steakhouse. Who knows? Be, being a, being a not a. Uh, uh, college-educated sort of person, most of my education came from learning things by, by reading them. And thank God for the internet, because now when I, I see a word I don't recognize, I can quickly look it up, so the next time I hear it, I don't feel stupid. The the thing that I did that was obnoxious in school was if they would say, uh, can you use the word in a sentence? I would say, yes, this sentence contains the word pilloried. That is exactly uh, what you would do. Or if, uh, if, teacher, if you know if somebody used the word the wrong way, he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know that uh, pillory can only be a verb. Nobody likes that guy. <laughs> and, a pill- and I would say pillory can only be a verb. In your own sentence, it was a noun. And uh, yeah, so teachers hated me. The chicks loved me though. <laughs> Dave, I like the idea of your next resume beginning with a not college educated sort of guy. <laughs> that's that's not my business. That's part. a wonderful description. <laughs> Designer, dreamer, thinker, father. <laughs> Homebrew master, lover, person. That's my Twitter bio. Twitter biographer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just wanted to say, though, thinking of things that we shouldn't pillory would now be an <laughs> adequate time for our, our other sponsor. 
I, I believe you should be pilloried for that person. <laughs> I think somebody just dropped a pillory on my foot. Well, here's the other sponsor. Uh, it's it's padded spaces, and we do not have any talking points from them. And since I'll be in France, you'll probably get to do the whole thing by yourself. So here are some uh, mix-ins for you. Uh-huh. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you, padded spaces, I know, they make lap desks for, like, iPads, Kindles, that sort of things. You can use them for your laptop. I uh, I got one back 100 years ago when I worked at Macworld and love this Padded Spaces lap desk that I use. And I, I truly, sincerely do use it every day when I'm working on the couch. Uh, that's off the treadmill. Uh, and they have a new product that I think this spot will also be about that attaches to your bedside. And you can drop all your, your iPad and Kindle or whatever iPhone even in there. It's got places for chargers, but it sort of attaches to the bed. It's a little fabric case thing. So you have all your accessories within reach and with their wires out of that sight. That would be nice for, for like a, an elderly relative, too. Right. Honestly. Absolutely. That's really nice. So the top is like a hard surface and the, the bottom is pillory soft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only laughing that anybody laughed at that. Well, I just wanted to pillory along. And just and just in case you need more. Oh. Mm-hmm. And what's the URL? I do, can I, I do a couple? Oh, I want yeah. to do a couple. Can I do yeah, a go couple? For it, go for it. Okay. No way. Built in? <laughs> Is that available now? Hang on. Where do I go to learn more? What wait, wait, wait a minute. And wow. <laughs> I like that huh. you included getting interrupted. <laughs> That's brilliant. This should just be the ad read. I'm fine with this. <laughs> Mix it. Do, do we have a URL? Let's cap it and move on. Uh, yeah, go to paddedspaces.com slash to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> and or use offer code. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not changing a damn word of this. Welcome to the beautiful city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll enjoy our mini rivers. <laughs> Remember Letterman used to do that. Letterman would do a bit where uh, when they when they got a new, um, I mean, the, the notion was that old bit of like, oh, we've got a new, um, we're being carried on a new station. So we wanted to, we took some time to do this very special tribute to our favorite new city. And it's like, welcome to the beautiful city of Pittsburgh. <laughs> they clearly just dropped in a fake, you know, uh, ADR uh, name of everything. I love that. I think it's a fantastic product. My God, you guys. Yeah. I'm buying 12. I'm pillorying. <laughs> Feeling kind of self-conscious now about the whole pillory thing. Uh, why? Well, I don't know. I didn't, I, thought, I didn't think I was doing anything that fancy. Well, it's just uh, I get excited when I hear a word I don't know. I love learning words <sighs> me like too. that. And what bothers me the most, I think, about learning new words is when I know I'm not going to remember it and be able to use it later. Uh, for me... Well, this one's kind of been beaten into me. Yeah. No, I think with pillory, you're going to be good. But for me, it's, it's <laughs> always while reading because I don't even notice words I don't know when people are talking. My brain just glazes over them. But if I'm reading... Um, you know, I'll always tap and hold to get the definition on whatever electronic device I'm reading on. And uh, in the book, nothing ever happens, so it's annoying. But if it's, a, if you know, when, when you're reading, like, say it's something I've instapapered, and it's really long and interesting and intriguing, and there's like 12 words in there that I had to look up. But I probably could have gotten the context, but I'm like, well, I'm here, and I can get it in an instant, so why not look it up? And you realize, wow, this person knows so many more words than I do. And then I start to wonder, are they capable of having thoughts that I can't even fathom having because I lack the vocabulary to think them? And then I get depressed. You got all Zay Frank for a second there. 
<laughs> I feel that way. I've been reading this uh, David Foster Wallace, uh, gone, gone back to this essay book, and it feels like every couple pages, and I think he does it on purpose. Part of his bit is, is using these, these crazy words no one's ever heard before. But I, I don't think I'll ever have occasion to – I can't even remember any of them right now. But I feel like I'm always looking up a crazy noun that he's found somewhere. My strategy when dealing when, – when I hear a word – out loud is just to call it out. I would much rather say, hey, I didn't know that. I, I, I feel there's two things at play there. One, I'm going to remember it better. And two, it, it, however insecure you might feel about acknowledging that there's something you don't know, I think that the way other people perceive that is that, that you were willing to call yourself out on it. Oh, I, I think it's awesome. I, I do it all the time. I mean, if I don't understand something, I will very frequently say, I'm sorry, I, have, I don't understand what you just said. You're definitely the smartest one here, no question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel a little bit pilloried. I, uh, my college essay for Liam Brandeis University Friedman uh, started out, please no, please no, please no, Dad said in a stentorian voice. You may not use Promethean words of mammoth proportions just to impress the admissions officers at Brandeis. That's true. I got in. That's good. <laughs> I uh, I read some book that undoubtedly said I should write my uh, application uh, with dialogue in it, so that's what I did. You did a humble reality, <laughs> and no reaction from Lex. <laughs> my reaction is that I love you. Mm-hmm. Love you too. So, you guys, want to talk about work? 